Good evening. My name is Anthony Stander and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship in Tableview in Cape Town. And we gather on a Sunday morning at Lilliput Pre-Primary in Tableview. And if you've got nowhere to go at 10 o'clock on a Sunday, you're most welcome to join us. I'd like to encourage you with a message today called Marvelously Helped. And I'm trusting that the Lord will really bless you and help you in your, in your walk with God and that we can learn lessons from a great king of the past. And um, I just want to open in prayer. For, Lord, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you we can gather in your name. I pray for people, Lord, today that they'll hear your word, Lord, be encouraged by it and, and apply it to their lives, Lord, and see what incredible things you can do to a heart that is surrendered to, the, to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Marvelously helped. 2 Chronicles 26 verse 15. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. And so his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. I want to talk today about a great king a king of whom the word of God says was marvelously helped. Who was he marvelously helped by? Well, by God Almighty. I'd like it to be written on my gravestone one day. Here lies a man who was marvelously helped by God. Amen. In what way was King Uzziah helped? Well, in every way. Financially, his enemies were defeated. He built great things. In no area of his life was he not helped. For if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I want you to challenge yourself for that today with all your problems and all the difficulties that you're going through. The scripture says, if God is for us, who can be against us? We need to take a standard in, in that. King Uzziah is also called Azariah in 2 Kings 14.21. And this is about the year 783 years before Christ to about 742 years. The southern kingdom of Judah was at a critical time in history. King Jeroboam II of the northern kingdom had died without a successor to his throne that was able to bring peace. The northern kingdom had fallen into anarchy and that same spirit threatened to engulf Judah as well. Amaziah had risen to, the, risen to the throne of Judah and began his reign by doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Sight of the Lord. It wasn't long though until he became involved in idol worship. He started well but didn't end well. As a result of, of his as a result of his idolatry, Amaziah was run out of Judah, chased in Le- to Lashish, and there he was killed. Then upon the scene comes a popular boy king of only sixteen years of age. And you'll be surprised how God will use you, young person, if you give your heart to him, you surrender your life to him, what God can do with somebody that surrenders their life early to them. So he's 16 years of age. He was the son of Amaziah and heir to the throne of Judah. His reign is marked by some great accomplishments and some great victories that he won for Judah and the kingdom prospered greatly under his rule. King Uzziah had this experience of being helped by God. 2 Chronicles 26.3 Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem, 
and his mother's name was Jacolia of Jerusalem. 52 years is a very long time for God to grant a king of that time, that period of time to reign. He was 16 years old when he became king. So for those of you who are young, God will not despise your youth. If you are faithful, God will bless you. If I had my life again, I would have served God my entire life. And, and many great men of God have surrendered their lives to Christ when they were eight and have continued since then. And I wish I had done that. What an opportunity lies in that decision. Chronicles 26 verse 4. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Wouldn't you like that to have been said about you and me, that we did what was right in the sight of the Lord? Now he did what was right, but most of the other kings did not do what was right. We see the same pattern today. Many Christians do what is right and receive the blessing, and many do not and are not blessed. Uzziah walked with God. How many of you knowing that walking with God will be exciting? It will bring blessing. I think of the account of Enoch. He walked with God and was not. So he walked from this world right into the next. I can just imagine being so full of the Spirit of God that he got translated from this world into the next. Genesis 5.22 Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So Uzziah walked with God and kingdoms trembled if they stood in his way. 2 Chronicles 26.6 Now he went out and made war against the Philistines, broke down the wall of Gath, the wall of Jabna, the wall of Ashdod, and he built cities around Ashdod and amongst the Philistines. He went to war for God and he prevailed, just like God has given us a suit of armor, shields, swords to fight against spiritual forces, dark forces. We should also go out and make war, drive them from the battlefields of this world. He was zealous for the things of God. He took the fight to the enemy and bashed them. 2 Chronicles 26, 7-15 God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gerbal, and against the Meonites. Also the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. It doesn't just say he became strong or that he did well. He became exceedingly strong. And Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gates, at the valley gates, and at the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. Also he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells. Don't you love that man of God digging many wells? Don't we do that when we preach the gospel, when we take the gospel, we dig spiritual wells. How many wells have you dug lately? We need to go out and dig some wells. He built towers in the desert. He dug many wells for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and in the plains, and also had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. I can just imagine this king, you know, he's been a lovely guy, you know, a man of God, you know, not afraid of anything or anybody doing God's work on the earth, but he had this gardening spirit, this beautiful spirit that loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies, according to the number on their roll as prepared by Jeel the scribe and Marcia the officer under the hand of Haniah, one of the king's captains. A total number of chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600. Could we say that about the church today? 
We've got men of valor, you know, mighty men of God, well, mighty men and women of God today that are standing for Christ with armor, battlefield armor on. Our shields are glinting. Our swords are sharp. We're not afraid of the enemy. Our helmets are on. Our breastplate of righteousness is, is shining. Our belt of truth is tied fast and we're facing the enemy. Can we say that? Today? We should be able to say that today. And under their authority was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. May God help us with a Christian spiritual army today that makes war with mighty power against depression, oppression, suppression, that we just we lock shields and we make a mighty war for God. Then Uzziah prepared for them the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows, slings to cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. I mean, he was inventive, this guy. Like we should be in taking the gospel out. We should come up with ways of reaching the lost at any cost. You know, devise methods and ways of how we're going to hand out tracks, how we're going to reach the broken, how we're going to do this. We should be consumed with the work of God. So his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. Marvelous means causing great wonder, extraordinary, amazing, outstanding, astonishing, awesome, Breathtaking, sensational, remarkable, spectacular, stupendous, staggering, stunning. <laughs> Wouldn't we like that? God just the Lord's word to say that about us in our ministries and what we are doing for God. Notice these key words. He became exceedingly strong. He dug many wells. He made war with mighty power. And he was marvelously helped. What an incredible testimony. This guy did great stuff. From the age of 16, he served God and God blessed him. He can be likened to modern day ministers. When the evangelist walks with God, he becomes strong. Ministry increases. Property increases. He builds great churches, food outreach programs. He becomes mighty and strong in the Lord. Whenever God grants that kind of success and fame to a person, it should be used for the Lord and for his purpose. Fame is simply an opportunity to tell more people of the greatness of God so that His name is exalted. It also provides the opening to do more for the Lord's work and for His people and to see them in established in His ways. George Washington Carver said that the only advantage of fame is that it gives you a platform for service. And although he viewed this on a secular level, and although viewed on a secular level, Irma Bombeck cuts to the heart of it when she says, don't confuse fame with success. Madonna is one famous person and Hela Keller is the other. So we ought to view any measure of success God gives us as a trust to be managed for his glory and his kingdom. A man who serves God even takes the battle to the enemy. All who stand before him are swept away, all enemies of God. He makes a name for himself and the God of heaven blesses him. Somebody said God will cross a million men to find one person of faith on this earth. Be that person. Put up your hand and say, here I am, send me, Lord. But, and there's always a but, isn't there? 
But while we are alive on the earth, there are buts. King Uzziah made a terrible mistake and paid for it for the rest of his life. So we want to look at the two sides of Uzziah's life where he was blessed out of his socks and and what happened after he made a mistake. And we have to look at mistakes and learn from them. The Bible never hides mistakes and they're recorded for our profit. So I want to look at his, his failure and then end up speaking about his blessings. 2 Chronicles 26, 15 to 20, he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men. His fame spread far and wide. He's marvelously helped. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So he got proud. Pride. He thought, I can do the priest's job. I'm a man of God. I can do this job. And he went into the temple of God to burn incense on the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant, brave men, who withstood the king and stopped him, knowing that it could cost them their lives. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord our, our God. Now we need more men of God who are brave like that, you know, to confront the forces of this world and say, What you're doing is evil and you're not doing right in Jesus' name. So they confronted him. And the scripture says, and Uzziah became furious. He was absolutely angry. And he had a sense in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Also, he indeed also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. What a terrible uh, account of, of how this, of where this guy's life is going now. You know, what a terrible, shocking account. Uzziah became strong. His heart was lifted up. He became proud. When everything was going well, he probably didn't give God all the glory and the praise due to his holy name. That often happens to us. We call on the Lord for help. And when we are helped or marvelously helped, we don't go to church so often anymore. We don't read our Bible so much anymore. We feel comfortable now. We delivered financially. Everything's going well. We don't go to outreach anymore. We've got more things we're busy with. We start to go to movies during church time, go away for weekends uh, when we should be serving in the, in the courts of the Lord. And we forget the Lord and pride fills our heart. And the first sin of the universe was pride. Pride is a powerful destructive force. God's word does not mince words when he says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We always get that wrong. We always say, you know, uh, pride goes before a fall. But the scripture doesn't say that. It says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It was pride that caused Samson to believe that he could outwit and outmaneuver the Philistines until that pride brought his downfall. It was pride that called Belshazzar to see the writing on the wall, and he died in his sins. It was pride that caused Pharaoh to pursue after Israel and force God to break the power of Egypt, the Egyptian pharaohs once and for all. 
It is pride that caused Ananias and Sapphira to think they could fool the Holy Spirit and both died. It was pride that had been the downfall of many of our modern preachers and evangelists and caused the ruin or near ruin of once flourishing worldwide ministries that used to reach millions of souls for Christ. And it's pride that will destroy your effectiveness in your ministry as well. So it was pride that caused Uzziah to enter into the temple of the Lord and offer incense upon the altar of incense. And God struck him with leprosy until his dying day. He was unable to get away from that consequence of that sin. And he used to sit and minister behind a curtain or in a separate house and, and not minister, uh, sit in and, and, and give the law and people used to be able to come speak to him through this curtain. Terrible. All other sins emanate from pride. When we begin to think we are something important, when we think we can live our lives without Christ, without going to church, without serving God, without keeping our quiet times, without serving in His kingdom, we're saying we can do it on our own. And we sin before God and man and we reclaim the thrones of our lives back from God. And we can't... And we wonder why does darkness begin to cover our world? Anxiety, fear, depression come upon us again when we were free from all those things. And it begins to cover our world and the shadow of Mordor begins to creep into our lives. And we need to have a repentance session at that stage. You need to go back and remember your first love and give your hearts back to the Lord and repent of the sins that we've done. Many of you know what I mean. I don't feel like going to church today. We start to let our feelings get out. I don't feel like going to sell tonight. And I don't feel like doing this. And I'm not in the mood for that. And I really don't want to go on the outreach anymore. Well, who's in charge of your life now? As pride rises up in our hearts, we overrule the Holy Spirit in our lives. I will do this. I will do that. I decide I'm going to do this. And we remember the five I've wills in the scripture. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut to the ground which did weaken the nation? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And God said, Yet you shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pits. The five eyes. Some ministers have said, the next time you say, I will, I will, say to the devil, how's it dead? You know, we don't say that. We say God's will be done in our life. What is God's will for me? And we follow that. So many people live their own lives. They're believers, but they're not necessarily Christians because a Christian is a follower of Jesus. We follow Christ. We follow his word. We be as obedient as possible to his word. We love God. We're incorruptible, unshakable. You can't be bought or sold. We warriors for Christ, holy men and women of God. You know what I mean? Eyes fixed upon the king. What does he want us to do? We go. I don't go to meetings because I want to. I go because that's where I'm expected to go. You know, and I must go and encourage believers and or I need encouragement. You know, Jesus is Lord of us. Just being a believer, the devil believes in God and he's not going to heaven. He's, he's not going to help you when you stand before Almighty God and account for your life. We are surrendering to God's will and following Christ as Lord of our life. 
is what gets us in the right place. The famous inventor Samuel Morse was asked, have you ever encountered situations that you didn't know what to do? He said more than once, and whenever I could not see my way clearly, I knelt down and prayed to God for understanding. And I am not superior to other men, but God meant it for mankind and must reveal it through someone, and he was pleased to reveal it through me. Morse received many honors for inventing the telegraph, but remained humbly dependent on God and not on self. And I think that's a very good picture of how we need to walk with the gifts and the things that God gives us and the talents that God gives us is always to give him glory. Always allow him to put him first. So I think many Christians have allowed pride to enter into their lives and have spiritual leprosy. King Uzziah got angry when men of God confronted him. It's the same today when confronted a Christian who's backslidden gets angry. Who are you to say anything to me? Don't judge me. Yet the world tells us in love to judge one another in the faith. 1 Corinthians 5, 12-13 For what have I to do with judging those who are on the outside? Do you not judge them who are inside the church? In other words, inside the body. But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore put away from amongst yourselves the evil person, we are told in the scriptures. Yet the ministers of, of, to, of God today possibly carry a greater anointing and authority than the priests of old. It's time to be working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, I often have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, how am I doing in my, in my walk with you? Am I okay? Or am I okay with you? Is there things I need to fix, things I need to do, things I should be doing? And I think that's a, a good thing that Christians need to do. We, we need to come before the Lord regularly and ask him, how are we doing in his eyes? And, and look at his word and see if we are lining up with it. Uzziah was a great man of God, but he failed. So we should be wise about our walk and, 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 and walk carefully before the Lord. How do we know when you're in great danger? Ask yourself who's making the decisions in your life. If you are the one that's making the decisions in the life, then how is Christ Lord of you? You know, we need to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? You know, and we need to be obedient to the Lord. So don't be Lord of your life. Let Jesus, ask Jesus and put him squarely back on the throne of your life. King Uzziah lived in a period of law, no way out from the consequence. He was a leper until the day he died. Are you a spiritual leper? And if you are, come quickly to the throne of grace. Find that forgiveness that we can find now in Jesus' name at the, at the foot of the cross. One evening, the great conductor Arturio Toscanini brilliantly conducted Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. The audience went mad. People clapped, whistled, stomped their feet. Toscanini bowed and bowed. He singled to the orchestra and its members stood to acknowledge the wild applause. Eventually, the applause began to subside. Toscanini turned and looked intently at his musicians and almost uncontrollably exclaimed, Gentlemen, gentlemen. The men in the orchestra leaned forward to listen. Why was the ma ma maestro so disturbed? Was he angry? Had someone missed a cue? Had the orchestra floored the performance? No, Toscani was not angry. Toscanini was stirred to the very steps, 
depths of his being and the sheer mag- to the ma- sheer magnificence of Beethoven's music. Scarcely able to talk, he whispered fiercely, Gentlemen, I am nothing. This was an extraordinary admission since Toscanini was not known for his humility. Gentlemen, he added, you are nothing. That was hardly news. The members of the orchestra had often heard the same message in rehearsal. But Beethoven, said Toscanini in, in a tone of adoration, is everything, everything, everything. That's the attitude we need towards ourselves and towards our Lord Jesus Christ. We are nothing. He is everything. If you ever receive the applause and praises of people for what you do, remember the story of King Uzziah, that the seductive danger of success is pride, and to yourself at least whisper, apart from Christ, I can do nothing. Now let's look at the first half of King Uzziah's life, and we can profit from this because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uzziah became king at 16. I believe God is looking for young and old people to shake this generation. There'll be a people that do exploits, who do not compromise with the world, who are holy and therefore a peculiar generation, who are fearless because God is with them, and I believe they will lead the onslaught of the last day's war against the enemy. Praise God. King Uzziah had a godly mother. She's mentioned in scripture. She taught him well, Jacolia. She brought him up in the admonition of the Lord. Mothers, teach your children the ways of the Lord and don't compromise with the world. 2 Chronicles 26.4 And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. There were always conditions to blessings. There's always an if. For example, Psalm 91. You know, if we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, then all those blessings are there for us. Uzziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, his life pleased God. He didn't go and watch the latest Twilight vampire movie or Harry Potter movies or witchcraft movies or play demonic LAN TV or computer games of murder and chaos all night. He didn't go to evil parties and get drunk. He lived a life that pleased his father God. He walked worthy of his heavenly calling. And you can say, well, brother, that's Old Testament and you're just getting stuck in that, you know. But Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, beg you, to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. You know, we've got to walk worthy of this calling, this high calling that we are given. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's how our walk should be. We should be so different from the world, you know, that they know and see us. We are not superior to the world, but our lifestyle should so challenge them. You know what I mean? Just us being there should challenge the unsaved, the broken, the lost. So if we are to receive blessings, we are to walk worthy of the calling. In other words, be holy, which one of the meanings of holy is morally and spiritually excellent. So he sought God during the days of Zechariah the prophet. He listened to God's people. He hung out with godly people. He listened to the prophet Zechariah, instructed him in the ways of the Lord. And the best thing you can say about Isaiah was that he was sought after the Lord and he wanted to be God's man. Here's the crunch. Verse 5, he sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. 
underline this verse, meditate on it. As long as we seek the Lord, get his guidance every day, go to his meetings, be ruled by his commands, we will find good success. We will find the blessing that often eludes us. Joshua 1.8, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. As long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, he conquered his enemies, built great castles, people were blessed, he was financially strong. In fact, it was recorded, he was marvelously helped. Sum it up, Uzziah listened to godly counsel from his mother, from the servants of God. He lived a life that pleased God. He sought the Lord about everything. Uzziah was a great and fine king, and although he sinned seriously, he reigned for 52 years, and his people prospered and grew strong. When he died, it shook Judah because people feared who'd be king now. And Isaiah the prophet was up and coming now. And Isaiah must have wondered now who's coming next, what evil king's going to come next. And the, and the people felt bereft now of a great king, a godly king was God. But Isaiah said in, in Isaiah 6 verse 1, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his temple filled, filled the temple. A great king had died, but the real ruler, the real king is on the throne. And no matter what happens on earth and who our rulers are, we can say with Isaiah, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lifted up and high. So my time's coming to an end. I have to close now. But I want to encourage you that Jesus is still on the throne. And my prayer for you is that you be filled with the power of God, that you walk with God, conquer your enemies and do great exploits for God in Jesus' name. And I have to say good night now. God bless you guys. Amen.